You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. The path of life for the future is always one of sharing, one of cooperation, um, the one where there's a commitment to ensure everyone is taken care of and, and everyone has enough, not just to survive, but to thrive. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 481. Our title this week is is enoughism and our reading is from the gospel of matthew it's matthew 14 13 through 21 when jesus heard what had happened he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place hearing of this the crowds followed him on foot from the towns when jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them and healed their sick As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So the news that Jesus receives at the beginning of our reading this week is the news that Herod had executed John the Baptist. And, and, and Matthew's version then condenses the story of, of shared food that, that had followed this story in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Matthew also connects the story with the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. And I think that's an indication that for the Matthean community, the, the commemoration of the Eucharist was very much still about shared resources, the sharing of the of the loaves in Jesus's memory. It, it was much more again about mutual aid than it was about a reenactment of some penal substitutionary atonement theory that that's common mostly in Western Christianity today. So this story it, it had precedence especially for uh, the Jewish Jesus followers in Galilee. They were already familiar with with stories like this from within their own sacred text. Think of the, the story of how Elisha also fed a multitude. This is 2 Kings 4, 42-44. A man came from Baal Shalashah, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from, from the first ripe grain, along with some heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. 
Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. So these stories of the feeding of multitudes repeated in each of the synoptic gospels that we have in our sacred canon, they, enlo- they enlarge and they build on the kind of story that we read here in Second Kings. And, and again, it kept alive this economic lesson about shared resources and mutuality within the early Jesus community. You can find it in Mark 6, 35-44, Luke 9, 12-17, and even in the Gospel of John, John 6, 1-15. The story in Kings, it occurs in the middle of a famine, but other parables would have also been familiar to the Galilean Jesus, Jesus followers, familiar with the Elisha story. Jesus is affirming here these universal truths and that, that we collectively have more. As a matter of fact, we don't just have more. We have enough for everyone. When we pool our resources together than we do when we live in individualistic isolation with, with silos of hoarded resources. The path of life for the future is always one of sharing one of cooperation, um, one where there's a commitment to ensure everyone is taken care of and, and and everyone has enough, not just to survive, but to thrive. This is a universal truth. It's the universal truth of enoughism that's been proven repeatedly throughout history. Whether we speak in evolutionary terms of our species survival or in economic, political, or social terms, mutual commitment to thriving, the thriving of all, is the path of of life. One example of a scholarly work that over and over again demonstrates this statistically, uh, demonstrates that these lessons are true, is uh, the book The Spirit Level, Why Equality is Better for Everyone by Wilkinson and Pickett. And you can also check out uh, his YouTube, um, the TED Talk that he gave. It's on YouTube. Uh, It's titled How Economic Inequality Harms Societies. We've discussed repeatedly over the past few weeks, how marginalized and disenfranchised Jesus followers very early in the history of of Jesus followers uh, saw in Jesus' teachings a path of, of concrete salvation in the here and now. Not not post-mortem salvation, but a here and now salvation. The kind of community that, that Jesus was casting before their imaginations, it, it pointed towards a way where they could thrive together. It was a kind of salvation. As Stephen Patterson puts it in his book, uh, The Lost Way, How Two Forgotten Gospels Are Rewriting the Story of Christian Origins, on page 75, he points out that the empire of God was a way to survive. And the kingdom that Jesus preached, it was, it was a, a, a way where they could survive together. And again, Matthew's gospel ties this story of, of the feeding of the multitude this story of resource sharing and mutual thriving uh, to Jesus's last supper with his disciples in Matthew 26, 26, it says, while they were eating, once again, Jesus took bread 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. That's that's a, a repeated phrase here from this earlier feeding of the multitude story. And today, many Christians commemorate that supper with a small wafer or a cracker or a one-ounce cup of juice or a sip of wine from a communal grail. But but this is that that imagery hardly represents that that kind of. Um, reenactment or or ritual it hardly represents the daily communal full course meals that the early jesus followers held where those with more than they needed shared with those who didn't have enough it's the story of the it's the lessons of the manna in exodus 16 but we read it in acts 2 44 through 46 all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts when the believers lost sight i think of this purpose of 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 the the last supper the what we today call the eucharist or the the when the social location of the church changed there were the correctives at times given, uh, like the one from uh, Paul's letter in Corinthians and First Corinthians eleven twenty through twenty two. It says, "When you come together, uh, it is it, it it is not the Lord's supper you eat. For when you, for when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. Here we go. We're moving into individualism and privatization, and as a result, one person remains hungry and another." Another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this manner. So again, this is another example of, of the Eucharist really being about um, those who having more sharing with those who had less so that everybody had had enough to thrive. And, 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 and forgetting the communal purpose of the Eucharist and its lessons of, sh- uh, of sharing our resources with one, with one another, um, again, when we have more than what we need, that was equo- equated here in 1 Corinthians as eating the bread or drinking the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. It was it was being, quote unquote, guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. And again, the early church had much less, um, had a much less individualistic culture than those that many of us Christians practice today, privately and personally. Jesus' teachings back then taught followers to love their neighbors as themselves, to consider us all connected to each other as part of one another. Loving another, if you love them as yourself, if you looked at them as an extension of yourself, loving another was a way of loving oneself because what affected one affected us all. An injustice to one was a threat to, uh, to justice for all. Um, it, it says in Acts 4, 33-35, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, in them all, that there were no needy persons among them. They had eliminated poverty among their community. 
For from time to time, it says, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. So today, what would a a community look like if those who had more than they needed to thrive shared their superfluous resources um, uh, with others so that those who didn't have enough could thrive too. John Dominic Crossan in in his book, uh, The Greatest Prayer, Rediscovering the Revolutionary Message of the Lord's Prayer. This is on page three and four. He writes, do not, by the way, let anyone tell you that Jesus' teaching is liberalism, socialism, or communism. It is, if you need an ism, godism, householdism, or best of all, enoughism. We sometimes name that biblical vision of God's world or household as egalitarianism, but actually enoughism would be a more accurate description. And, and I like Crossan's uh, term, enoughism. Um, practicing a social, political, or economic ethic that's in harmony with the belief that God genuinely loves everyone. What that means for us, coupled with this enoughism, is we have to ask some questions. Are our societies children and dependents? Are they right now well-fed? Do they have enough, uh, not just food, but clothing and shelter? What about people who are sick? Can they have adequate health care without risking bankruptcy? Um, What about elderly people? Those who are past their years of capitalist productivity, are they assured that they'll also thrive and be taken care of? Are the responsibilities and the funding for ensuring that everyone in our society has enough, um, enough food, enough shelter, enough clothing, Are those responsibilities and is the funding for that distributed fairly across community members or are some expected to pay more for that than others? And again, are those who already have very little, are they made to feel pressured to give even more while those who have so much, they have the option to to opt out of, of giving? Does everyone have enough? That's the question. Not simply to scrape by. Do they have enough to thrive? Do they have enough to enjoy this life as the beautiful gift that it can be? And 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 or instead, do some have far too little while others have far too much, more than they could ever possibly need? And for those of us with means, what does it mean for uh, us to use our social, political, and economic wealth to build the kind of human community? that Jesus envisioned where everyone is cared for and taken care of. So so none of these questions even begin to address the myriad of reasons um, our differences from one another are used to exclude some of us from this kind of care and to center others. There, there's also some environmental imp- implications to, to ensuring that the, the earth is included in that that the earth is taken care of, that the earth has what it needs to thrive, and that all of its inhabitants are included in that community of enoughism too. These are all questions 
that I believe are worth asking right now, whether we ask them in a religious context or not, our answers in the context of our reading this week with the, the feeding of the multitude and the loaves and the fishes, um, the answers we give to these questions will determine what kind of future as human beings that we're creating right now. Will the future that we create today be life-giving or will it be death-dealing for those to whom we leave it. Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, discuss with your group at further length any of those above questions we just asked that enoughism calls us to ask one another. And then number three, what can you do this week? big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for, for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you out there to all of our supporters. This is the time of year when, uh, you know, with summer and travel and planning where um, support wanes. It usually comes back in the fall, but, but those of you who are hanging in there with us and supporting our work so we can continue doing this, um, I, I just want to say a special thank you. And if you would like to, to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to renewedheartministries.com and clicking donate. Remember, you can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the new threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms. We post something almost every day. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast in whatever platform you're listening to it on, take a moment this week and leave us a positive review. This helps others find this podcast as well. And remember, we're partnering with uh, Todd Leonard, Pastor Todd Leonard, in our new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. We'll be talking about the upcoming uh, gospel lectionary reading for whatever's coming up on the on the upcoming weekend, and we'll be doing so in the context of love and justice and inclusion. Our hope is that that conversation will be just as injustice, but that also will inspire you to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for um, some takes on the Jesus story that are progressive and in the context of social justice, check it out. You might uh, like it. You might enjoy it. So it's again, it's just talking. You can find it on YouTube at Herb and Todd, just talking. Take a moment there to like and to subscribe. Hit the notification button. Leave us a comment. Let us know you were there. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Remember Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is now available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.